So the larger topic is Simcha. Chavav, Chavav, Rishlom Chavav. Page Lamed Gimel, opposite of page 64. Beginning of the paragraph, Nope, four lines on the bottom. Oh, the two dots, yeah. Alright. So the Patriot began with Al Rebbe discussing the importance of Simcha. And how, in order to be successful, the daily battle, the daily struggle with the Yitzhahara, we must have simcha, we must have excitement and happiness, and we can't be bogged down with uh, negative feelings and negative thoughts and sadness. That was the what. And then comes the how. How am I supposed to be besimcha when I have all these issues that, are, uh, that I have to contend with? So the first thing that we spoke about, and we spoke about this two weeks ago and three weeks ago, last week we took a break for Purim, how do I deal with sadness, upsetness, worries that come from Mili da Alma, from material matters? Health, Parnassah, children, etc. And although we spoke about it for two weeks, it really boils down to one idea and one nakuda, which is Gamuzul Lateva, or as you say, Kol Mada'avad Rahmano Latavavid, that ultimately we have to have the Amuna, that everything that happens is for our best. It's for our best. Everything that Hashem does, Hashem loves us. Hashem is of Rahman, a compassionate Father. And whatever happens to us, whether we can sense it or whether we cannot, is ultimately for our best. But you have to be very strong to have this belief. That it's is very true. Tough. That's true. But we're we're moving on from that. That was uh, the topic of two weeks ago and three weeks ago. We're moving on from that. And today, we're going to start talking about the topic of guilt. The second thing that bothers us. The first thing is the things that happen to us. The second thing is guilt. Very often, we are bothered by our failures our mistakes, our averis, and very often um, it's very, we find it difficult to, to get past our past indiscretions and our past mistakes. And very often we're, um, we live in the pale, we live in the shadow of the mistakes that we made. And Hashkacha Pratis, that uh, this week we're learning about it, Parsha's Kisisa, the Parsha of the Chete Egel, which might, you might want to say qualifies as the biggest collective blunder error the Kali Yisrael made. And that was, that was true on the, in, the collect, in the collective sense, but individually, um, all of us, or most of us, we have uh, skeletons in our closet. We've done things that we regret, things that bother us. And how do we deal with daigus, with worry, with upsetness that comes from the things that, the mistakes that we made. The solution that we gave, how to deal with sadness and upsetness for material matters doesn't work here. Why is that? Because if a person does an Avera, the person can't say Gamzul The person can't say Kol Madav, Rahman You can't say it was meant to be. You can't say this too is for the good. No, it's not good. It's terrible. 
what is good, everything that Hashem desires is good. So if something happens to a person, a person uh, is ill, or a person, someone, someone passes away, or someone has uh, bad parnasa, whatever other person, uh, whatever other issue in life happens to the person, because it comes from Hashem, and because Hashem controls the world, and therefore everything that happens is from Hashem, so it's good. But I have the choice to do something that's not good. That's what's amazing, is that in all of the cosmos, the only creature with the ability to do something bad is the human being. No other creature possesses that ability. You know, we talk about the human being as the crown jewel of creation, and it's true. But um, if you, from a different perspective, an angel can't do something bad. An animal can't do something bad. Nothing. Who is the only, what is the only creature, the only species, not only in the physical world, but counting also all the spiritual worlds, that has the capability to do something bad, to do something which is absolutely 100% against the Ratzana alien. Thank you. Against Hashem's will. Is the human being. It's an awesome power. Is he also then unique in the ability to do something good? Um, yes. Okay. That's, that's, the yeah, that's the flip side. That is true. Meaning that if you're programmed, then if everything that you then, then whatever you like, if a computer uh, is running well, you don't compliment and reward the computer. It's the programmer that gets the credit. Uh, so yeah, it works both ways. It works both ways. But at the end of the day, if a person makes a mistake and messes up, you can't just. Uh, write it off and say no it absolutely was bad and not only is it bad it's the worst bad doing an Aveira is something which is against Hashem Zeratzen and as the Rambam talks about in Hilchus Tshuva and he talks about it at length he says there are those fools who think that everything is programmed or whatever I do is programmed and that's absolutely not true we have free choice and we can do good and we can do bad and therefore since you have free choice, if you did do something bad, in the words of the Rambam, roi, roi, loi, I don't remember the, but in other words, you should, you should be upset, and you should cry, and you should weep. You messed up. It would seem that to be upset over Averis that you have done is legitimate. On the other hand, the Alter Rebbe laid down the foundation in the beginning of Perich the foundation that everything that a person that a person has to be besimcha, and Avedah Sashem has to be besimcha. So how is it possible for a person to be able to be besimcha if a person has done averus and perhaps even very serious averus? And that's what we're going to address right now. This is a much more complicated question. This we can't because again theologically. When something bad, it seems to be bad, happens to me, theologically, that's simple to deal with. Again, not practically, as you mentioned. But uh, theologically, philosophically, Okay, it's a huge and difficult avoida to be able to internalize the, that, that feeling of that I should be able to be besimcha despite things that happen wrong. But that's an avoida, that's an emotional avoida. The, from a theological perspective, it's not difficult. You go to a person who's a tzaddik, you say something, you know, the famous story with um, Reb Zusha of Anapoli. 
maybe maybe uh, some of you maybe all you know it's a famous story that uh, the, right yeah that he was once a person who uh, went to the Magid of Mezrich and asked him how is it possible to be Sameach be Yisurim how is it possible to be happy despite uh, suffering right so the Magid said go to Reb Zusha go to my Talmud Reb Zusha so he goes to Reb Zusha he goes and knocks on the door of his house the door which is hanging half off the hinges and, the, and I'm calling it a house but it was more of a hovel and he comes in and the house is beer and the guy is poor and he's ill and his wife is screaming at him and uh, uh, according to Hasidic tradition his wife wasn't the, the, the best wife in the world and the children were running around barefoot and he sees this is a person who has Yisurim this is a person who's suffering in life Anyway, he comes in, Reb Zusha invites him in, and after uh, having some uh, social chit-chat, Reb Zusha says, so what brings you here? He says, the Magid sent me to you. Oh, the Magid sent you to me. What did the Magid, why did the Magid, to, uh, what for? <laughs> he says, the Magid sent me because I went and I asked the Magid, how was it possible to be happy despite suffering? The Magid said, I should come to you. So Reb Zusha was perplexed. He said, I don't understand. I've never suffered in my life. <laughs> 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 because someone who's a tzaddik, someone who's a gamzul teva, is their reality. Okay, so we're not tzaddikim. It's difficult for us to uh, get in touch with this reality. But again, from a theological perspective, that's not something which is hard to understand. But an avera, an avera is real, an avera is bad. Going against Hashem's will. And if a person's sad about that, how do we deal with that? And how do we not allow the feelings of guilt and remorse that we have to impede our to ability to be besimcha. Well, you need the sadness to correct it. And the, yes, so the, you have a dilemma over here. Right. So what Dr. Rebbe is going to tell us yeah. is that yes, when a person does an Aveda, you have to have a broken heart. And that uh, a truly broken heart. And it has to truly bother you to no end. But there's a right time for it and there's a right way to do it. And most people, the problem is wrong time and wrong way. And what we're going to learn, what is the proper time and what is the proper way to experience regret? And before we go there, I just want to ask a question. You know, we learned in, um, earlier on in Tanya, in chapter 11, that it's, it's, uh, it says that Rishoyim Meleim Charatis Rishayim, evil people, are filled with regrets. What do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions? It also might be paved with regret. In other words, we all, uh, every single one of us, we, we, how, how often do we feel regret? Why is it that our frequent bouts of regret don't impact our behavior? For the most part, with their exceptions, obviously. We do something, we regret it, and the next day we do it again. And then we regret it again. Yes? Well, from my perspective, there's a difference between regret and remorse. And that regret sometimes, you sorry you did something, but that's only because there are bad consequences that follow. It doesn't mean that you actually feel that what you did, in essence, was bad, or that it really makes you challenge or question your values and who you are. It just means I didn't get away with it, so I'm sorry I did it. But the other level is where you actually are so profoundly disturbed by what you did, you can't conceive of yourself having done it, 
in terms of it clashes with your identity of who you think you are. So when you can reach that level of self-awareness to feel that what you've done actually is antithetical to who you think you are, who you want to be, then maybe it really challenges you to really rethink your values and your and not being parallel with your actions. Okay, so I think that what you're saying is that it really depends on the depth of your remorse. But with regards to the first thing that you're saying, that it's because of the consequences, I would like to disagree with that. I think that a lot of times we feel regret despite there is no, there is no consequence. No, no, I'm saying that's even... I'm saying I, I d yesterday I wasted my time instead of learning and I regret it. And tonight I do the same thing again. Well, let me, what I'm trying to say is that even if you're moved because of consequences, it's a lower level of harata than if you feel it on, just on its essence as being bad. I'm saying some people have no regret whatsoever because there are no consequences. As a behaviorist, I assume that people generally will change often if there are bad consequences, like they're punished so they won't do it again. But it doesn't mean that they regret what they did. It just means I was stupid to do it because I should have looked and seen the circumstances, not because they feel remorse for what they did. They're just sorry about what happened. I understand, but so I... I'm saying a deeper level of essay, it's not just about not liking the aversive consequences, but the act itself was wrong, and, and recognizing it as something that really does not okay. sit well. I could talk for myself, using an example. I'll come home one night after work, I'll waste some time, I'll feel regret about it. Why did I waste my time? Why didn't I do something productive? Why didn't I learn? There was no consequences to the action. Yes, this is not consistent with who I am, with my deep-held beliefs and what I should be doing, and nevertheless, the next night I do the same thing. Maybe, Why? Maybe you could talk a tight remorse instead of regret. Okay, so the semantics. We have to figure. We have to figure. Is it is it a quanti is it a, is it a qualitative issue? A quanti have to have to quantitative issue. In other words, I have to have more remorse. A question of on a scale of one to ten. Is there a certain quality? Well, we're going to find out. It's not just a quantitative thing. It's actually a qualitative thing. Dr. Ebel over here. Keep in mind this question. We're going to get back to it. Dr. Ebel over here is going to make a radical statement. A radical statement, not so much because it's uh, intellectually radical, but because it's emotionally counterintuitive. Altair is going to say, imagine suddenly you start feeling regret. You did something wrong. You did something wrong 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 10 minutes ago. Irrelevant. The past is the past. You're feeling regret. When are you feeling that regret? There are two, there are, I mean, so the Al-Tarebbe divides our life into two parts. One part is when we're serving Hashem, another is davening or learning. Another time is when we're not serving Hashem, or overtly serving Hashem. You're shopping, you're working, you're taking a walk, you're exercising, you're eating, whatever it may be. And the al says we have to treat these two differently. We have to look at them differently. If, you're, if, if, you, if you experience your regret while you're serving Hashem, then chances are, chances are the regret is a valid regret. Your timing is off. Now is not the proper time. And we're going to get to, in other words, we're going to have to, you have to defer that regret to later on. When that later on is, we'll get to later. But the bigger thing that the Rebbe says over here is, if you are walking in the street, middle of your daily, doing your daily business, middle of your affairs, whatever it may be, a thought comes, falls into your head, 
didn't daven yesterday properly, I wasted time, I did this aver, I did that mistake, I didn't call my mother last week, whatever the thought may be. Says the Alter Rema, that thought is toxic, throw it out of your head. The issue isn't that the timing is bad, the issue is that that thought itself is invalid, it comes from an impure source, and stay away from it. And we have to have clarity, the Alter Rema is saying. You have to know when the thought comes into your head, you have to know where it's coming from. This thought is coming straight from Yitzhahara. Its purpose is it wants to get you upset and sad and depressed because, as discussed in previous lessons, the Yitzhahara knows that once you're depressed and once you're sad, he got you. He got you, exactly. You're in his net, <laughs> firmly in his, uh, under his control. So the Yitzhahara, surprisingly, has no qualms with putting on a strimal and a long black coat and a Purim white beard and coming to you and saying, how could you do that? That's terrible, that wasn't holy. And it's the Yitzhahara. It's literally the Yitzhahara. And this is very counterintuitive. Why is that? Because when we walk in the street, imagine you're walking to work, walking to the bus, whatever it may be. And suddenly a thought enters your head. I didn't daven today the way I should have davened. So there, is, there are two, uh, two dimensions, two planes to this thought. Outwardly, you're upset, you're sad. You're, you feel remorse, regret, you're upset by what happened. And which is why now the Yitzhahara will have an easy, day with, easy time with you for the rest of the day because uh, you've lost your passion, enthusiasm, excitement, happiness. Inwardly, however, there's a little smugness going on, a little uh, righteous uh, self-righteousness. You're feeling a little good about yourself. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, I didn't dive in properly. Yeah, I did that. But at least I feel bad about it. I'm not such a bad person. <laughs> That's also bad. It's not. It's 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 That's false. Bad. It's false. Because what you're you're thinking is that uh. I'm still a good person, and the proof is that I have this thought of regret, when in fact, where is this thought of regret coming from? Not from a holy source at all. There's nothing, there is nothing to be proud of this thought. As Dr. Rebbe says again, this thought is toxic. And the reason is because you're in your hole. That's the reason why? What's the reason? Yeah. <clears throat> How do we know this? How do we know that um, if you're walking in the street, or involved in your affairs, and you feel some sort of regret about something, a holy thing, how do we know that it's bad and also, by the way, worthless? It's going to have no impact on your behavior. This regret that you're feeling, That's it's right. going to, it's not going to help you at all, because it's not, it's not right before, how do we know that? Yes? Is one allowed to challenge that question, that concept? Of course. But the only thing is that, it probably makes sense to hear the whole concept before and, and the logic behind it before challenging it. No, no, just the premise that you're okay. on kind of disturbs me a bit, to be honest, as a psychologist. Okay. Because when people come to me with those kind of feelings, what I work on is not saying it's evil or bad that you had it. It's saying, well, what is the message in that thought in terms of, well, if the message is that I didn't have the proper kavana because there are things that are bugging me, so perhaps rather than shaming myself, I could say, use as a learning experience to say, well, what could I do different about clearing my headspace before I dive in next time so I won't even get to that level of being stuck 
in thoughts that interfere with my kavana. So use it as a learning experience rather than feeling bad about having it happen. Okay, I hear you. And the Alter Rebbe is going to contend that, that that thought won't be a learning experience. It can be turned into a learning experience if it's done in a different way at a different time. And I really think we have to give it the, give it the, give it okay, the full... I'm just uh, sharing something. Just no problem. But, clear my head but there's one word, there, there's, one, there's one word which you said, shame, which really caught me. Because there is no shame involved over here. The fact that this thought is an evil thought also isn't shameful. The fact that I have evil thoughts, the fact that I have a Yitzhahara, is not a shameful fact. I mean that it is shameful, I'm just saying that people tend to experience guilt and shame when they start labeling things in a negative fashion and give it a qualitative description that puts them in a bad mindset. So like what I work on as a psychologist is try to help people shift their mindset and not label and put a negative spin on it, rather leave it open and say what could I do to learn from it, because it's the idea of how you frame your experience is what causes your emotion. They're feeling badly about because they've guilted or shamed themselves. So what I'm saying is, so help people learn not to feel guilt and shame out of whatever happens and just accept it and learn from it rather than attacking themselves or giving it a, a bad spin so they feel bad what, what is causing the shame? The, 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 the internal... No, 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 no. no the, I'm no, sorry. I'm telling you what my perspective is. Wh wh it's, it's what we, how we frame the experience, what we say about ourselves about the thought. In other words, the thought is, I didn't daven properly today. Okay. So one could say, okay, so I'll do better next time. Or they could say, bad me. So the act of saying bad me that shames us is a thing that needs to be worked on. Teaching people not to have those automatic thought patterns or beliefs about themselves and their experiences that cause them to then feel the emotion. So it's the thinking that causes the bad feeling. So I work on helping people shift their thinking patterns. Okay, bad me is chapter 27. That's the next chapter. We're going to deal with that extensively. In other words, I think the issue of shame, whether the shame is from what I did, whether the shame is from what my thoughts are about what I did, my perspective of what I did, that's going to be chapter 27. So I want to leave that alone. Okay. But suffice it to say, there's nothing shameful over here. Not e in other words, even the fact that I'm going to say that I'm walking in the street and this thought that I have is a bad thought, all that means that I have a Yitzhahara, which means that I'm human. That's not a shameful thing to be human and to have thoughts that are harmful and negative. But the question we're going to address over here is, how do we know that, um, <coughs> how do we know that this thought is um, ineffective? So let's, um, I want to tell you a, a story. The greatest of the Goinim was Rabbi Sadia Goin. And he lived in, uh, in Bavel in Iraq some thousand years ago. And he had a habit, he had a practice that every year he would take off during Elul, he would take off a few weeks and he would go into Gullus. Go into exile, go wandering from city to city. He wanted to get away from the yeshiva where he was revered and respected and he was, he was the Gadol Hader. For all, uh, everyone knew who he was. And he wanted to live a very simple life and devote himself to, to davening and to tshuva and to learning. Away from it all. It was before the time of, uh, you know, with today where every, everyone's pictures plastered all over the, all over the place. Mm -hmm. So he, even though that everyone knew who Reb Sadia Goyen was, 
But he was able to go into the city and no one recognized him. No one knew who he was because how many people, uh, especially if he was dressed a little differently, he had no problem. One day he comes to a city and he stays in an inn. And he stays at the inn for several days. And he's hosted by this most wonderful, kind Jewish innkeeper. Who Pashat is caring the food is the food is delicious and the, the room is kept neat and everything is always asking can I do anything can I help you he stays there a few days and the last day that Ibsadi was there he was about to leave and someone recognized him in the city and very very quickly even without Twitter the the the, the city found out that Ribsadi Goin is in the city. <coughs> and as he's, living the, as he's leaving, the entire city, everyone took off from work, and everyone is escorting him, following him, and escorting him as he left. And suddenly comes running the innkeeper. And he pushes his way through the crowd, and he has tears streaming down from his eyes. And he pushes his way over to Ribsadi and says, Rebbe, Rebbe, please forgive me. Sir Sadi says, forgive you? For what? He says, for the way that I treated you. <clears throat> Sir Sadi said, the way you treated me? I've never been treated better in my life by any, uh, in the course of all my times that I've gone to people, I've never had better treatment. He says, yeah, Rana. But if I knew who you really were, it would have been so much different. Mm -hmm. So this innkeeper truly, truly regretted the way that he treated Ramsad Yagoyim. But what caused the regret? What caused the regret was a change of awareness. He, he didn't know who Ramsad was, and now he was aware who Ramsad was. The premise that Dr. Rebbe is going to give us over here is that regret doesn't bring change. Change brings regret. Mm -hmm. And when you have just regret, it won't bring to change. It won't bring to change, which is why we regret things and we don't change. But when the regret is a product of change, then it is real and then it is lasting. What does change mean? Change means I have a new awareness, a new understanding, a new attachment, a new emotional connection, something, something changed within me that I am not the same person who I was when I did what I did. So, it's a very simple cheshman, it's a very simple calculation. Say in the morning I did something wrong. Now, I didn't do it by mistake. I knew what I was doing. I did it anyways. Okay? It's five hours later, and I'm thinking, to myself, oh my gosh, why did I do that? I am right now the same person who five hours ago did it, despite the knowledge that there's something wrong with it. I didn't change. It's again. So it's going to happen again, because in other words, there's nothing that, that, that's different about me now than I was then. The same person who was regretting, who was regretting now, did it five hours ago. So tomorrow the regret is going to win, I'll do it again. Nothing changed. If we think about those instances in our lives when we had true regret, 
and that cause and, and there was change involved, it's because we were different people. Sometimes the differences, as you mentioned, because we saw the consequence of what we did, that changes us. We now have a different perspective. Even if I knew it in an abstract way what the consequences would be, but when I'm actually confronted by those consequences and I face them, that changes me. I'm a changed person. In terms of our relationship with Hashem, and going back to the story of Reb Sadia, if I strengthen my connection to Hashem, if my awareness of who Hashem is, is enhanced, as was the case with the innkeeper, and that leads me to regret, that's real. And that's lasting. But if I'm the same person, I'm the exact same person now as I was when I did that which is wrong, that's not regret. Because I did it. How? In other words, there are certain things that we would never do. Every one of us has our red lines. Certain things we would never do. Um, the fact that you do do something which is wrong, even though you know it's wrong, that means that in your mind, it's not the end of the world to do it. We don't go, we don't go around killing people and shooting people and then regretting it later. It just, we don't do it. Those things that we do do is because in our minds, we don't consider them to be so severe. What changed in five hours? Nothing. If you want to say 20 years passed and I'm older and I'm wiser and I'm more mature, okay, that I get. Then that, again, that is regret, which is a result of change. But that is the cardinal rule. Regret has to be a result of change. If not, it's not real. So says the Alter Rebbe, if you're davening, if you're learning, if you're serving Hashem, and you get a, a thought of regret in your mind, that's real, that's valid, that's good. What happened was, you're davening, and presumably not just mumbling the words, but you are, um, you're, you're experiencing something, and your, your, your connection to Hashem is feeling stronger, and you therefore you regret what you've done before. Why? Because you're in a different place than what you've done before. That's real. Says the Alter Rebbe, even though it's real and good, we're going to defer it to later that thought, because when you daven, you have to be besimcha. But, the, but you should know that the thought, the regret, is valid and is holy and is real. If, however, you're walking in the street, and then you experience a regret, where's it coming from? Where's it coming from? You want to know where it's coming from? This is the second problem with regret. Second common problem with regret is that we do it all wrong. There are people who go to Shul and Yom Kippur and they spend 25 hours there crying and they haven't thought about Hashem once. Meaning to say, imagine, uh, imagine a husband does something horrible to his wife. The next day he comes home, he's crying. He's a miserable person. Says his wife, you have no idea how miserable I feel. I'm a terrible husband, I'm an awful husband. I feel so bad that I could have done that. I'm a loser. What is the wife thinking? Yeah, you're good. He is. What? She <laughs> is. What else is she thinking? What didn't he say? I'm so. I'm sorry. 
This has nothing to do with her pain. This has nothing to do with what was done to her. He's living in his own little ego bubble. And he's being bothered by the fact that he's a bad husband. That's amazing. I mean, it's not amazing, but what about the, what about the person who you hurt? How many of us go to Shulun Yom Kippur? And what are we thinking about? Are we thinking about Hashem? Or are we thinking about, oh my gosh, that was another terrible year of me not reaching my goals, of me messing up again, What's going to be with me? I have to commit to be better next year. And that's missing the whole point. That's not shuva. That's not proper regret. And not only is it not proper, the problem is this also isn't lasting. If it's all about yourself, and your feelings. So what's bothering you is, is that it doesn't feel good to be a loser. And you don't like feeling bad. That's really what it is, ultimately. So, and, and every single day, you, you're walking in the street, you're feeling regret. You're feeling regret. Why? Because you didn't daven this morning. Why does it bother you? Because Hashem told me that to daven and I, and, and, and I just rebelled against Hashem? No. Let's be honest. That's not what, it's because I want to be a spiritual person. It doesn't feel good to be a non-davener doesn't feel good to be a person who wastes his time. It doesn't feel good, right? I want to feel good. You want to feel good. That's nice. So tomorrow night, you're going to come home from work. And guess what? You're going to realize that it feels good to waste time again. And you're going to waste time again. Why? Because this all, what is the cog around which everything is, uh, is spinning? It's your feelings. It's all about you. It's not about Hashem. So what is the key to real regret? There are two keys. Number one, it has to be a result of change. Can't just be... If you're in the same place that you were spiritually or emotionally where you were when you did that mistake, it's not real, it's not lasting, and it's not holy. Number one. And number two is, it's not about your ego, it's about Hashem. The combination of those two things together is what makes for real, holy, powerful regret. Again, a regret which is a result of a newfound ahava and yura for Hashem, love and fear of Hashem, a strengthened relationship with Hashem, and the regret is about Hashem, not about me. How does that look? What are you regretting exactly? Yeah. How does it look? How do you word it? And when you say vidu, that every time you do an aveda, how does it look in uh, my husband and wife? There's a qualitative difference. When you hurt another human being, you could feel remorse because you get that the impact of your action has actually reverberated in making the other person feel bad. When it comes to God, it kind of often feels, at least to me, more of like, I've disobeyed. So it's not about, and, and cause a relationship breakdown because I haven't followed through on my commitment to my spirituality. But you don't feel that same sense of, my actions hurt God, or God 
is in pain because of light, and at least I haven't reached that high level of doing that. So there's a difference between feeling remorse for feeling you've caused another person pain versus feeling like you've disobeyed God. They're, they're like apples and oranges. So that's why it's hard to feel that kind of same level of remorse for hurting God or disobeying God. Of course, God. it's definitely hard. But <clears throat> at the same time, Chassidus is very clear. And it's not only Chassidus, it's also Yilok and Chumash and Rashi. When we do a mitzvah, we give Hashem nachas. We make Hashem happy. When we don't, we make Hashem upset, sad, and we frustrate His plan. Um, to say that we're just... Um, you know, little pawns that are doing things and Hashem doesn't really care whether we do them or not, it's just for our good, is, um, doesn't really make our actions very significant. And that's um, definitely not the Chassidic approach to things. And ultimately, yes, we have which is also something which is hard to do. But if I love Hashem, and then I go and do something against Hashem, that should hurt me, not because I'm a loser, but because I love Hashem and I disobeyed Him. This Hashem was so kind to me. Parent-child, as opposed to adult-adult. That's why they're they're kind of different. Okay, so it's fine. So if a, very good. So if a child goes and hurts the parent and disobeys, and what's the feeling the child has? I am a loser, or I? You, you want to know? You said you want to know the exact wording. Turn the page. The wording of the Rebbe is very, very clear. He says, To contemplate the greatness of Hashem against whom you have sinned, This way your heart is truly broken. In other words, it's true regret, not, not fake regret, which is when you're in the same place. You want to regret something? What, how do you do tshuva? Don't think about the Avera, think about Hashem. How's that for a paradigm shift? If you want to do a tshuva, think about Hashem, not about the Avera. Think about Hashem and your relationship with Hashem. And how much Hashem loves about you and cares about you. And Hashem asked you, please don't do this, or please do this, and I didn't do it. And that, that leads you to a broken heart, not because you're, you're a loser, it's not about you. You've breached the relationship. This is such a radically different way of looking at, uh, at regret. What Dr. Abba is saying is, there is healthy regret, and we're supposed to experience it at times. And as you said, if I don't regret an Avera I've done, I'm going to do it again. And what does that say? If I don't regret an Avera, it means I don't appreciate what I've done. But so many of us make do with not the real thing. It's, it's fake regret. It's, a, it's all about my own, number one, it's about my own ego, my own feelings. It's not about Hashem. And number two, again, it's, it, 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 it doesn't come from a place of change. So it's not, uh, it's not real. It's not, even when I'm experiencing it, it's just like, you know, this morning I had the, I, 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 the chocolate bar was in front of me, so I ate it. Right now I'm feeling regret. Why am I feeling regret? Because I don't have the chocolate bar in front of me. You know, if someone stuck the chocolate bar in front of me, I probably would eat it. Why? Because I'm the same person I was this morning. So how real is the regret? 
if I'm a changed person, in other words, I have a new appreciation, yeah, then that's real. Then right now, if someone stuck that chocolate bar in front of me, I wouldn't need it. Or maybe this morning, I was in a bad mood or weak for whatever reason. And right now, I'm not. That's why maybe now I wouldn't eat that chocolate bar. But if right now I was again in a bad mood, I would again eat it because I'm the same person I was then. Let's do a little insight. So how do you do tshuva in short order? Sorry? <clears throat> how do you do tshuva in short order? Change takes a long time to work on. So don't keep it. This is and that's work. why tshuva is a lifetime process. <laughs> it's a lifelong... What, so what, David HaMelech says, and we're going to get to this in a few programs, What does that mean? Continuously. But why? Because tshuva is continuous. So there's one level of tshuva. Meaning, if right now I'll be misbeing and I, I pick up my level of relationship with Hashem right now, so I have regret on a certain level, and tomorrow I'm supposed to be like that innkeeper and say to Hashem, I know I regretted it yesterday, but today I have a much deeper regret. Why? Because today I know you better. Today I understand you better. Today I have an even better relationship with you. So the Khatasi Nagdi Samid is not a depressing thing. That means that as we go up in our level of relationship with Hashem, the tshuva and the regret become stronger and stronger. So the kids and mice don't wait to young kid, but do it every day. You have to, yeah. It's an ongoing process. That's what Abelazar said. That's says that, 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 that no, the Pirkiyah, right? Do tshuva the, the, day be, the day before you die, right? Why? Right? That's right. Ah, <laughs> four lines from the bottom of page Lamed Gimel, opposite of page 64. Ah, however, if a person is depressed, not over material matters, but over spiritual matters. Here, Al Rebbe says, here, we talk and need to figure out some, some sort of strategy to get rid of this. This is difficult. In other words, guilt is harder to deal with. Then, uh, then you know the material issues. The material issues. Dr. Ebert doesn't, you know, preface it by saying this is tough. This, he says, this is tough. Guilt is tough. You did not fear That's bad. Says Dr. Rebbe, ain't. But, but, but we do have to get rid of the of, of the of the sadness because we have to be simcha. Ain't saruch It's unnecessary to say b'shas avoda when you're serving Hashem, davening and learning. Should saruch lavi Hashem b'simcha v'tuv levav. They have to serve Hashem with happiness, and therefore the thoughts have to be deferred to later. That's going to be one of the plans. We, in other words, we have we're going to, we're going to process these thoughts later. If a thought of guilt comes into your head, we say tonight, Krishna Shalmita. That's when I will deal with it. I'm going to process that thought. Now I'm davening. Davening has to be besimcha. I'm learning. Learning has to be besimcha. Some. Um, Some 20 years ago, I was learning with, I was learning this period of Tanya with a social worker. And as we were learning, he tells me, he says, when was this book printed? So I told him 200 years ago. It was printed in 1890, uh, 1896. Se- sorry, 1796, 1796. He says, this is unbelievable. I said, what? He says that recently, there's a psychologist, he told me the name, I forgot, uh, who came up with this method of how to deal with, with guilt. 
He says that a person should walk around with a notebook. It was before smartphones. Well, <laughs> he meant a notebook with act with papers, you know. The, and when when something comes to to the person's head, obviously he's talking about people. Some people are very prone to feeling uh, guilty. Write it down, and then say, okay, put it, put the put the notebook back in, and say, okay, I'll deal with it later. Every time, at the end of the day, take out the notebook, read all the entries, think about it five minutes, feel bad and then flush the papers down the toilet. And the advantage of this is, is that you know, sometimes when we feel guilty, we don't want to push the thought out of our heads. Why? Because I feel incomplete. I have to, I have to finish the thought. I have to process it. So as long as you know, it's not, you know, it's not going, uh, I'm not pushing it away forever. I will deal with it. Then you're able to push it out of your mind to come back to it later. So he says the Alter Rebbe is really saying a very similar idea over here. The idea that when a thought of regret or, or, or guilt falls into your head, say, now is not the time. I'll deal with it later tonight. He told me at that time he's going to write a letter. It was before emails. A letter to that psychologist and tell him it was a great idea, but there's someone who thought of it, uh, someone who thought of it before you. Yeah. So again, so when it comes to davening and learning, it has to be besimcha. What about a businessman? What if falls into this person's mind the thought of, of worry from heavenly concerns during his uh, worldly uh, matters? You should know very clearly. This is a trick of the Yitzhahara. This fake regret that you're feeling is a trick of the Yitzhahara. What is the purpose? Because it knows that if you get sad, you get upset, then afterwards it can get you to do any taiva that it wants. How do you know that? How do you know it's, the, it's not the real thing? How do you know it's not the nefesh alikis? Shame loikin, because if not so, otherwise. From where, where, are, from where are you getting a true sadness? Which is only comes as a result. Of love of Hashem, of fear of Hashem, but em tzatzak of the middle of your business. How's that? Where did it happen? Real atzvus, true atzvus, true regret, true sadness, is a result of, uh, of again of heightened love and fear of Hashem. How did that happen in the middle of the day? Oh, so there are different places in Chassidus that it says that you can be walking in the street and you can have a hero tshuva, a thought of tshuva, and that's an amazing thing that's because of different messages that are transmitted sublim subliminally to the neshama. How do, how do you reconcile that with what we're saying over here? It depends what your thought is. If you're walking in the street and suddenly you think to yourself, you know what? I have to get closer to Hashem. I have to learn better, daven better. That's your neshama. That's not a depressing thought. That's an inspiring thought. But if you're walking in the street and the thought is, ah, oh, look what you did this morning, you're a loser, that's the, that's the Yitzhahara. It sounds the same, but it's the world, world, a world of difference. And we have to know, again, the most important thing is clarity. You have a thought of regret, you know, you feel guilty. Not always will we have, let's be honest, we won't always have the, the courage and the power, the willpower, to say, you know what, I'm driving out of my head. Because, as mentioned earlier, sometimes we enjoy feeling guilty. <laughs> but you want, you want to indulge yourself and feel guilty, that's fine. Know what, know what it is. Know where it's coming from. Don't delude yourself into thinking that this is holiness. 
You want to do an Avera, fine. Don't think it's a mitzvah. You know, that because that's the worst thing. Because when you think it's a mitzvah, then you perpetuate it and then you do it again. Yeah, okay, but say that. Right now I'm feeling guilty. Al-Tirabah, leave me alone. I want to feel guilty right now. It's the Yitzhahara. I'm indulging me. That, okay, go ahead. But don't, don't think that this is holy. Don't think. That moral clarity is the most important thing there is. To understand where, where your different thoughts are originating from. And what is pure and what is impure. What's holy and what's not. What's beneficial and what's not is, is imperative. Whether this depressing thought falls in your mind while you're studying Torah or davening, whether it falls in your mind when you're not busy serving Hashem, and there's a big difference because if it's when you're serving Hashem, it's legitimate. If it's not serving Hashem, it's illegitimate. But either way, either way, this is where you should take the heart. Now is not the proper time for true sadness. Even if we're talking about serious averis. This is so... You messed up seriously. It was 15 minutes ago. And now you're feeling bad about it. You should know that you're feeling bad about it is not holy. That's not, in other words, that's, that's, that, that's, not, connect, that's not connected to Hashem. That's an egotistical, uh, it's egotistical feeling. How do you drive that out of your mind? Because it bothers you so much. I'll deal with it later. Easy said. Uh, of, uh, everything is easy said. Everything is over done. It's I, get, I get bothered with extraneous thoughts. Remind me, what's your name? Ruben. Ruben, right. Nothing, it's not that we learn this book and suddenly life becomes, uh, you know, <laughs> that's it. I know all the tricks. I know everything, right? <coughs> this is, but, but this provides you clarity. This is what your Avaida is. Is it hard? Of course it's hard. If it wasn't hard, it wouldn't be worth anything. Something that things bother me over and over. I can't learn sometimes. Especially when I have no chavusa. Okay. So how, how do you deal with that? That we're going to deal with on Peir Chavches. Chapter 20. What? Yeah. I'm sorry, I asked you. This is Chavav. Chavches is going to deal about disturbing thoughts during davening and learning. I can't deal with it. Okay. As they say, stay tuned. Now, by the way, there's a Maimar Chazal that says, Who are Yitzhahara? Who are Satan? Who are Malachamavas? Mm-hmm. So there's a chiddush of art in that. Who is Yitzhahara? This is the Yitzhahara. What does the Yitzhahara do? It gets you to do the Avera. Then, what does it do? It morphs. It's the same thing. Same klipa. The same terrible. Uh, and he becomes the Satan. The Satan is he's the one who makes fun of you and laughs at you. Ha! <laughs> it puts on a you know. It suddenly becomes all holy. Look at you, little life. You loser. You did that Avera. You're a horrible, terrible human being. Never mind that it's the same, it's a horror that five seconds ago got you to do that, Veda. Right now it switches hats. And, uh, and who am Al-Khamav is, that's what kills you. That's what kills you. In other words, because it is the guilt that you feel, and as you said, the shame that you feel, and all those things. It's not to, it's not to act. It's, it's, and you have to know. I have to serve Hashem B'Simcha always. Regardless. Whatever happened in the past, happened in the past. Again, whether it's five minutes ago, whether it's an hour ago, whether it's a day ago, a year ago, or 20 years ago, that's the past. Do I have to feel regret? Yes, but in the proper time. Not 
when I'm davening and learning, and not when I'm walking around the street during the day. Inside. You need to designate times. In other words, to put it in different ways, you have to control your sadness. Your sadness can never control you. You have to be sad, but you're the one who's going to control when that's going to be. You have to find the proper time. When you have, when there is a, a time when you can be calm. Lisboinen, as we mentioned, and what are you, what are you going to do? How could you do? So when I teach this period, people always say, "What well, second? I'm going to push it off to later." But tonight, I'm not. Right now, I want to think about it because right now I'm feeling bad about it. Tonight, I'm not going to feel bad about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So I tell them, if tonight you're not going to feel bad about it anymore, how much is this regret worth? <laughs> In other words, <laughs> wait, what are you saying? You're saying that now you feel bad, so you want to indulge that feeling because tonight it's going to be gone. So what's it worth, the whole thought, if it's going to be gone by tonight? No change. And the answer is that when it comes along tonight, you say, oh, okay, right now I'm not feeling bad. Ah, you're going to make yourself feel bad. How are you? You're going to take the time right now and you're going to think about the greatness of Hashem against whom you sin. So this way your heart will be truly broken. In other words, a real regret. With a true bitterness. Has explained elsewhere the proper time for this, which is which is or Krishma Shalomita at night. So the 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 foundation that Alter Rebbe lays out over here again is regret has to be done in a, in a very controlled environment and atmosphere. You have to control when it happens and how it happens. And when you have a regret that comes to you stop in the middle of the day. The problem is the timing isn't correct. It's controlling you, and that's not good. And all too often, the problem is the regret also is not real. And if it's not real, it's not only that it's not beneficial, it's harmful, because it causes you to be sad. And when you're sad, it's harder gets you to do all the tivers that you want. But we just spent the last 55 minutes talking about is it's a lifetime of work, because this is so, like I said, it's so counterintuitive. It's not our nature. Our nature is that we feel I did something bad, but the remorse is the, the remorse is the good thing, right? The regret and the remorse and the guilt that at least shows that I'm, uh, you know, uh, if done if done wrong, it's it's wrong and it's bad. It might be and and, and it usually it's by mistake. We don't know. We, we don't we don't realize. But now we realize. Now we have no more excuses anymore, and we have to realize that the Eibushter and the Torah wants us to be happy. And yes, there is a time. For regret, and by the way, Dr. Rebbe is not in any way minimizing the regret. He's not saying feel less bad about what you did at all. And to the contrary, he wants that the regret should be 100% real and powerful and strong. But it has to be done in the right way and at the right time. And as we'll talk about next week, immediately that regret session has to be followed by an even greater and enhanced sum. But when is the right time? That's the question. Krishna Shalomita. Krishna Shalomita.